Well, the boys around here don't listen to the Beatles run. Old Bo Cephas threw a jukebox needle at the honky tonk where they boot stomp all night. What? Yeah, what they call work a digging in the dirt. Gotta get it in the ground for the rain come down to get paid to get the girl in your four wheel drive. Yeah, the boys around here drinking that ice cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks, running them red dirt roads out, kicking up dust. The boys around here sending up a prayer to the man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to yet another episode of KALA HD2 106.1's Schistel Speaks Sports. I am Ryan Schistel. Today is October 6th, and it was yet another beautiful day around the campus of St. Ambrose University and the Quad Cities area. A nice warm day with a beautiful breeze that made it an enjoyable day that really anybody could walk around in shorts and a t-shirt, sweatpants, sweatshirts, whatever you wanted. Today's weather was a little bit of everything for anybody. In today's episode, I have a handful of sports to talk about that are going around St. Ambrose University. Some sports are new, and some of the sports I will be talking about today are the regulars. Fighting Bees Athletics are in full swings this fall, so without further ado, let's get right into the action. Starting off, it is a new sport that I will be talking about in this week's episode, and it is cross-country. We will start with the men's cross-country team and then the women's cross-country team. So, the men's cross-country team have competed in three events. They have competed in the SAU Short Course Invite, the Fighting Bee Invitational, and then the Grandview Viking Invitational. In the SAU short course invite, which was, again, the first competition that the cross-country team had, the Bees took one out of two, took one out of two in the teams competing. St. Ambrose had a total time of one minute and 32 seconds with an average of 18 seconds and 32 seconds. Scott Community Scott Community College came in second with an average of 2 minutes and 5 seconds per race. Then outside of that event, or really the most recent event, it was the Grandview Viking Invitational at the DMACC campus in Ankeny, Iowa, where the Bees took 5th out of 11. And that Mount Mercy was the champion in the women's events. And then in the men's events, in the men in the men's 8K, it was Grandview who came out on top with a total time of 2 minutes and 9 seconds or an average time of 25 seconds. And then for St. Ambrose, it was an average it was a total time I should say of 2 minutes and 20 seconds, so 11 seconds behind the leader and an average time of 28:11. Then in the individual results, the top runner for the Bees came by way of Dayton Hoyer. And he is on the sophomore two team who had a time in the eight minute or in the eight in the eight K, I should say, pardon me, 
of 27 minutes and 54 seconds with an average mile of 5 minutes and 36.8 seconds. So unbelievable racing out of the Bs. Coming up next for the men's team, they will compete tomorrow in the Bethel Invitational in South Bend, Indiana at St. Patrick's County Park at 1.30 p.m. After that, the Bees will take on the NAIA Great Lakes Challenge at Riverside Park in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That will start at 10.45 a.m. After that, the Bees close out their stadium, or I'm sorry, close out their season in the month of November on the 5th at the CCAC Championships at Shanahan State Park in Shanahan, Illinois, and then the NAIA Championships on Friday, November 18th at the Appalachia Regional Park in Tallahassee, Florida. That time to start is to be announced at a later date. So next in the St. Ambrose Sporting World is women's cross country. In for So far for the women's cross country team, they have competed in the same races, the SAU Short Course Invite, the Fighting Bee Invite, and then the Grandview Viking Invitational. In that, the women's team took first out of two in the SAU short course and then second out of six at the Fighting Bee Invite. Most recently, again, like the men's, it was the Grandview Viking Invitational and the Bees took eighth out of 11 in that one. In the women's 5K team results, the Bees had an average time of 24.7.07, I should say, and a total time of two minutes even. For individual results, the top runner for the Bees came by way of Eddie Smith on the Freshman 1 team. She had an average mile of 6 minutes and 34.9 seconds and a total time of 20 minutes, 24.6 seconds. So an unbelievable race and she got a score of she got a score of 8 or I'm sorry, she had a score of 9, even though she came in 13th place. So, now looking ahead for the women's cross-country team. Again, it's roughly the same thing, and it just starts a little bit later. So, tomorrow in the Bethel Invitational, the Bees will start at 1.30 for the women's side of things. And then they will start at 10.45 in the NAIA Great Lakes in Challenge. They will start at 11.30 in the CCAC Championships, and then they will wrap it up at the NAIA Championships. And just like the men's team, that start time is to be announced at a later date. So now, as we move on from cross-country, it'll be soccer that I talk about in this week's episode. And the men's team has slowly started to bounce back still trying to fight their way back to 500 overall as they come into this episode with a overall record of three wins, six losses, and one tie for a win percentage of a .35, and then a conference record of two wins, three losses, and one tie for a conference win percentage of .417. Most recently for the Bees men's team, they lost to Holy Cross at home at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, 3-1, to ruining a two-game win streak that the Bees found themselves on. In that game against Holy Cross, the 
Holy Cross Saints scored one goal in the first half to go up one nothing, and then tacked on two more to give themselves their three goals, and St. Ambrose scored their only goal of the game in the second half. The goal for the Bees was scored in the 60th minute by Joseph Gaither Jr. with an assist credited to Ethan Hulk. It was a left-footed strike from outside of the goalie's box into the bottom of the net, and that was what tied the game up at one as Ale- as Axel Valenzuela had scored in the ninth minute of the game for Holy Cross, which gave them that one nothing lead. And then after Gaither ties it up, Eric Zalea scored in the 75th minute to give Holy Cross a 2-1 to lead. And then Elman Ejup scored in the 86th minute to make it that final score of 3-1. to For St. Ambrose, they had nine total shots, but only four of them were shots on goal. The Bees, on their four shots, had one of them go in, obviously that one goal, and three of them saved. And then for the Holy Cross Saints, they took 20 total shots and put 50% of those, so 10 shots on goal. Zach Bauer was in goal like normal for the Bees. He gave up those three goals and had seven saves for a 70% save percentage in this game. He played all 90 minutes. The Bees were given some yellow cards, one to Keaton Johnson, one to Aiden Bagley, another to Jordan Reck, and then a final yellow card, the fourth of the game for the Bees, to Lucas Kabogan pisa So four yellow cards can hurt the Bees. Obviously, that is a, is, it's a penalty, I guess you could say, foul, really, against those individual players, but that will hurt a team's momentum, especially when the first yellow was given out before the Bees scored, and then three more come not soon after when the Bees were still knotted up at one apiece. So outside of that Holy Cross game, in the game before the Bees had faced off against Trinity Christian and Palos Heights, and in that game, the Bees won one nothing with the lone goal of the game being scored in the first half. That goal was scored by Aiden Bagley. It was his second of the season, and it was an unassisted goal. Zach Bauer had faced three shots on goal out of the 12 that Trinity Christian had taken in total. He saved all three. The Bees themselves took four shots in total, two in either half but only had one shot on goal, luckily for the Bees. It was that one shot on goal that led to one goal, and it was the one goal that gave the Bees their one to nothing victory. So looking ahead on the schedule for St. Ambrose in the men's soccer department, the team will play this upcoming Saturday, October 8th, against St. Francis of Illinois, That game starts at 3.30 and will be played at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. Then the Bees travel to Indiana Northwest on Tuesday, October 11th for another 3.30 p.m. start. That game will be played at at the Crown Point Sportsplex. Pardon me. I will have more on those scores in next week's episode next Thursday. And for the Bees, I expect two more wins to move them up to 5-6-1 and one overall and really just keep inching that way towards 500, like I said earlier, 
because the Bees aren't a bad team. It's just more they got off to kind of a dreadful start. They had won their first game and then hadn't won a game again. That first game played on August 25th. Their next win came on September 24th. So had the Bees played Calumet just one day later, it would have been exactly one month apart from their wins. Now, before we head to the commercial break, let's talk women's soccer for St. Ambrose. The women's team has an overall record of five wins, two losses, and three ties for a win percentage of .650 and then a conference record of four wins, no losses, and two draws for a conference win record of .833. Most recently for the Bees, it was a win against Holy Cross this past Saturday, October 1st, in a game that had a final score of 3-2. In that game, the Bees scored all three goals in the second half, as well as Saint I'm sorry, as well as Holy Cross, who had scored their two goals in the second as well. So a 0-0 draw going into the half, and then a boatload of scoring in the second to give the Bees the win. Scoring was started off for the Bees in the 50th minute by Caitlin Brunson on an unassisted goal that had knotted up the score 1-1 after Nicole Cook had given Holy Cross the lead. Then Taylor DeSplinter put in the second goal of the game for the Bees in the 55th minute, so just five minutes later to give them the 2-1 lead. And then Kendall Went put in an assisted goal from Adriana Latham in the 73rd minute to give the Bees a 3-1 lead. Then, in the 82nd minute, it was Hannah Lemieux with an unassisted goal for the Saints of Holy Cross, and that is where the final score ended up, 3-2. The Bees took 18 total shots, 7 in the first half, 11 in the second half, but out of those 18 shots, only 5 were shots on goal, and the Bees score 3 goals, and then Holy Cross's goalie saves 2. Rachel Ouellette was in goal for the Bees like normal, and out of the eight Holy Cross total shots, five of them were on goal just like for the Bees. Ouellette had given up those two goals and had three saves, so between Primick, the goalie for Holy Cross, and Ouellette, it's two, it's both of them facing five shots on goal, and then the numbers are just completely flip-flopped. Primick gives up three goals and has two saves, Ouellette. Two goals and three saves, and both of those goalies played all 90 minutes of the game. One thing that a broadcaster, coach, fan, and official can all appreciate, there were absolutely no yellow cards given out in this game. So a very clean game played by either team. And again, that's just one of those things that everybody can appreciate because when it comes to stoppage, and play it can just drag out the game a little bit longer and it can really hurt a team when they're when they find themselves down so a great job by both teams to keep play clean so so far for the women's team the team has not lost a game since August 28th in which they lost to Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls 5 to nothing ever since then it has been an absolutely hot streak for the Bees, racking up three total ties and four wins. Up next for the women's team, they will also play St. Francis. 
this upcoming Saturday, October 8th. Unlike the men's team who plays at 3.30, the women's team will kick off action at 1 o'clock. So a nice little opener for the men's team as the women's team looks to improve and really set the tone in soccer. Then on October 12th, so next Wednesday, the Bees will face off against Indiana Northwest at 3.30. So the two teams in soccer, both men's and women's, play the same opponents within their next two games. Both teams will play this Saturday, but then the men's team will play next Tuesday, October 11th, and the men's team will, or I'm sorry, and the women's team will play October 12th, so next Wednesday against Indiana Northwest. And again, just like the men's, I will have more scores and updates in next week's episode. So, now that I've covered the first half of the sports that we will be discussing in today's episode, I'm going to step away for a quick commercial break. Coming up, it'll be women's volleyball and men's football as the main marquee sports to discuss in the second half of the show with a special interview that I had gotten a little bit earlier this week. So don't turn that dial because this is the channel to have on right now. You're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Imagine you're in a large white room in the midst of a party. You look around and see everyone is wearing the same dull styles of clothes. You notice that they're all eating the same foods and drinking the same drinks. In fact, everyone pretty much looks the same and talks in the same way about the same things. The sameness of everyone overwhelms you and you walk out in search of a livelier party. But every place you go is the same. Our lives can be a colorful celebration by appreciating the diversity of others. We're all diverse, whether it's in our race, religion, or physical challenges. Diversity is you and me. Celebrate diversity in our community. A message from the Quad Cities Mayor's Media Roundtable. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. I feel like we've always known each other. Me too. And we just met online. So listen, why do we meet? Maybe at the mall. Saturday afternoon, do a little shopping, a little chilling, and let's wear all pink so we recognize each other. McGruff the Crime Dog here. Kids don't always know that predators surf the internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the internet. Visit McGruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. Hey, folks, I'm Gabby the Groundhog, and I just love to dig. But if you're planning to dig in your yard, you gotta know Gabby's ground rules. Call Iowa One Call to have your underground utilities marked first. Coming in contact with any utility lines can cause a major inconvenience, serious injury, or even worse. So phone Iowa One Call, and they'll see to it that your underground utilities get marked. It's the only way to dig safely. Know what's below. Call before you dig. 1-800-292-8989. A public service announcement of Iowa One Call. 
This is KALA HD2 Davenport and K291BP Bettendorf. Welcome back into the studios of KALA on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is Crystal Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1 and I am Ryan Schistel. Now that I've covered cross-country and soccer, let's jump right into the rest of the sports for this week's episode. To start off the second half, it's women's volleyball. The women's volleyball team is continuing their extremely strong campaign with an overall record of 14 wins and 5 losses for a win percentage of .737 or 73%. Then, in conference play, the Bees find themselves with a record of six wins and two losses for a win percentage of .750 or 75%. Most recently for the women's volleyball team, it was a 3-1 loss on the road at St. Xavier on Chicago's south side in Mount Greenwood in the Shannon Center. The Bees lost that game, like I said, Three games to one of in the match. In the first game of the match, it was a 25 to 18 victory for the St. Ambrose Fighting Bees. However, St. Xavier took a 25 to 20 victory in the second game. Then St. Xavier won 25 to 18 in the third game of the match, and then closed out the match with a 26 to 24 victory in the fourth game giving St. Xavier that 3-1 thir- that victory. So, St. Xavier moves to 14-4 and overall and then 9-0 in conference play and drop the Bs to 14-5 and and 6-2, and like I previously said. Outside of that, that ruins the Bs' three-game win streak. They had beaten Judson on September 27th, 3-1. They beat Cardinal Stritch, Three to nothing, and then last Saturday beat Iowa Wesleyan three to nothing. In that Iowa Wesleyan game, it was a clean sweep for the Bees, like I said, winning the first game twenty-five to twenty-one, the second game twenty-five to twenty-two, and the third game twenty-five to eighteen. So coming up for the Bees, who have the strongest record so far out of all these sports here in the fall season. The Bees will take on Governor State, the Jaguars, on October 11th, so next Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. here on St. Ambrose's campus in the Lee Loman Arena. After that, the Bees will travel to Missouri Baptist to play in the Missouri Baptist Classic in St. Louis, Missouri. They will play the host Missouri Baptist at 4 o'clock p.m. and then will play the next day in their second game against Cumberland on October 15th at 9 a.m. So the Bees look to stay extremely hot so far this season, and I will have more on scores, records, 
and updates after the Governor's State game. Unfortunately, we'll have to cover Missouri Baptist and Cumberland in the following week's episode. But this is definitely a women's volleyball team that, and I've said it before in past episodes, will have such a strong rest of their season and will definitely have a good chance of winning their conference tournament. And then they will follow it up by having what I believe would be a strong national tournament if they are able to get there. And outside of that, I mean, the women's team, like I said, just super strong, very well off when it comes to communication while on the court. And that's one of the things I appreciate the most. And outside of the communication on the court, I think it's off court when it's the fans. Lee Loman has been packed every game I've gone to for the women's volleyball team. And it's one of those experiences as a fan of the Fighting Bees that, you know, it's just so energetic and it makes you want to keep coming back. And I'm sure that will not be the last game that I attend. So good luck to the women's volleyball team in this upcoming week and their upcoming matchups. Um, really just keep bringing the pain to their opposition, and I'm sure it'll be even more fun to talk about in next, in next week's episode. So to close out the episode, it will be St. Ambrose Fighting Bee football that I talk about. And guess what, Bees fans? The Fighting Bee football team has officially gotten their first win on the season, making them 1-3 overall. So 25% of their games won. However, the Bees find themselves now 1-0 in conference play, so that perfect 100% stands in the conference. So we all know it. The Bees lost their first three games. First, they lost to Waldorf. And what was truly an ugly game for the Bees, losing 33-13. Then they go to Concordia, Michigan. And Concordia was number 6 in the nation at that point. And the Bees had stuck in it for the first half, then got blown out in the second. And it ended in a 41-24 loss. Then the 0-2 Bees go up against the 0-2 Lawrence Tech Blue Devils on the Bees' homecoming. Their first game at home at Brady Street Stadium. And despite a late push, the Bees dropped that game 36-30. to So there were no sports, or I'm sorry, there was no volleyball, volleyball, there was no football to talk about last week because the Bees were on a bye week. And after those first three games, it felt like it was a much needed bye week for the Bees. And it proved to be successful as the Bees rolled into Trinity International or Deerfield, Illinois and put down a absolute beating on the Trojans of Trinity International in a 49-7 win. It was Trinity International's homecoming game, so it was definitely one of those games that it was especially nice to go in and get the win. In the absolute first play of the game, it was Yemi Ward who connected with Tom Casey for a 70-yard touchdown pass. Casey ended up having four touchdown passes in the game. He went 14 for 21 passing and 236 yards with no interceptions. Caden King led rushers in attempts and yards, 16 attempts, 116 yards, and a long of 41, but he shared the touchdown scoring 
as King, Tanala Chal, and Ray Boye third all put up one touchdown apiece. In receiving, it was Yemi Ward who had two touchdown receptions. Uh, obviously, that first touchdown, that 70-yard touchdown pass from Casey got the scoring going early. And then Israel Taylor tacked on the B's second and third touchdown of the games. Uh, Israel Taylor, a transfer in from Iowa State University, so a nice former D1 tight end, hit an eight-yard touchdown pass from Casey and then followed that up just a few minutes later with a 16-yard touchdown pass. Yemi Ward then tacked on yet another long touchdown. It was another 70-yard touchdown pass from Tom Casey, so 140 yards and two touchdowns for Yemi Ward outside of any other of the receptions that he had. And then, like I said, Ray Boye got the first rushing touchdown for the Bees in a seven-yard attempt. Then Caden King came next just four minutes later with an eight-yard run for the touchdown, and Tanala Chal late, I'm sorry, early in the fourth quarter, had a five-yard touchdown run. Joe Namio was 7-for-7 on his extra points, didn't even have to come out and attempt a field goal at all. For punting, Jackson Huntsaker really wasn't busy, only had to punt five times, and out of his five punts, he got 177 yards total. Uh, great game by the Bees. The Bees had three interceptions, one by Vince Shaw, and that was just a nice little catch and go down. And then Devian Titus Porter had an interception out of the linebacker spot. He returned that for 17 yards. And then Major Haas, another linebacker, another interception, and no return. The Bees only fumbled the ball once, and it was a Tom Casey fumble. And really, the only reason it was a fumble, it was a high snap, and Casey had kind of collided with his back in the backfield when he was coming down with the ball. Unfortunately, the Bees do lose that. So like I said, the Bees have their three interceptions, but there were also a few forced fumbles. DJ Ocean, big number 91 on the defensive line, forced one fumble, and then Anthony Brown, the defensive end, forced another. So earlier this week, I got a chance to sit down with the Fighting Bees football head coach, Vince Phillip, to discuss last week's game, this upcoming game for the Bees, and just get some of his thoughts. So I'm going to step away and let you hear from head coach of the Bees, Vince Phillip. Bees fans, I am joined by St. Ambrose Fighting Bees football head coach, Vince Phillip. And the Bees are 1-3. Coach, last week the football team won 49-7 on the road. What did that mean for you, and what was the execution like for the, the team? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, obviously, getting the first one was great. Uh, you know, for the program, things like that. Um, it was a point of emphasis that we talked about right before we got out to the field was was starting fast and not, you know, taking a drive or two drives to kind of get settled into the game. And um, it was awesome to see us execute that. You know, we'd run a slant route that Yemi Ward catches and takes for 70 yards for a touchdown, um, and we never looked back. So it was, uh, it was great to see the guys execute at a high level and um, have some success and get a win. So offensively, like you said, Yemi had that 70-yard touchdown catch to start the game. But Tom Casey, four touchdown passes, his best game so far this season on the stat sheet at least. 
what did that kind of show you in, in like the quarterback situation, I guess? Yeah. Well, um, we have ultimate confidence in Tom. Um, you know, he's a guy that earned uh, that respect all through spring. Um, he comes to work every single day. So it was, it was, it was great to see him uh, have success. You know, we nominated him for conference player of the week this week. Um, he, you can tell when Tom is Tom, when Tom is confident, things are going really, really well for us. Um, and like I said, it was, it was great to see him execute at a high level, make a bunch of plays um, and to see the guys rally around him and things like that is great. And then on the other side of the ball, because you were a defensive coach before becoming the head coach, you have a few interceptions from linebackers, defensive backs were playing incredible coverage, and then your defensive line was really giving the opponent's quarterback a lot of trouble in the backfield. So as a defensive coach formerly, like what did that show you? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, turnovers and, and pressure in the quarterback are things that we constantly work on. We talk about it every single day. So... Um, again, just uh, seeing the guys go out and execute um, and create those turnovers, that's a, that's a big deal, and it builds confidence and just really, really neat to see. Like I said, uh, we, we did a couple different things, you know, coverage-wise, had a different, you know, a couple different wrinkles this week, um, and to see them have success and, and create those turnovers, um, really good deal for all the guys. And then for you yourself, it's your first win as the Fighting Bees head coach. What were the emotions like after the clock hit zero, you win, you get the Gatorade dumped on you? Yeah, yeah uh, really cool deal, man. Um, you know, I, I, I love this, this place, this program, these guys. Um, um, I got a lot invest, you know, invested into this. It was, you know, it was neat. You know, DeQuinn Watford, our offense coordinator, his first win as an offense coordinator. Uh, Coach McKay, Matt McKay, his first win as a defense coordinator. So um, it was cool to kind of share that moment with all those guys as well. Um, and hopefully the first of many here. So now let's focus on this upcoming week. You got Judson at home. Last year, you lose to them on the road in overtime, a game that was a little bit, I guess we could say, sloppy when it came to the really offense, defense, just the whole team. Um, Obviously, it was played in a mud pit kind of last year, but what do you expect to be different from the guys this year? Yeah, that'll, uh, it'll be nice to have them at home and on some turf, that's for sure. Um, but Judson's a quality opponent, man, and we know that uh, every single week in our conference. You know, when we line up, we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, a quality opponent, um, guys that are coached well, that play hard, um, and that's no different with Judson. So, um, you know, it, it, our biggest thing, and the you know the stuff that we talk about is is uh, focusing on St. Ambrose. Um, like I said, we we play good opponents every single weekend. If we're playing confident and we're playing our best football, I will take this group and our guys against anybody. It doesn't matter what what weekend or where we're at. So um, the guys are going to be excited. we got a home game. They're going to be excited to be back at home. You know, this is only the second time we've been um, at Brady Street this year. So um, guys are going to be excited, and um, goal is still the same. Goal is to be 1-0 this week. So um, I know we got all the guys on board with that. Well, Coach, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else you want to add? No, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we see, all, see you guys all out there for the, supporting the bees here this Saturday, man, 1 o'clock. So, Bees fans, I'm Ryan Schistel with Fighting Bees football head coach Vince Phillip signing off. So, like past myself and St. Ambrose Fighting Bees football head coach Vince Phillip said, the Bees take on Judson this upcoming Saturday at 1 o'clock at Brady Street Stadium. Like Coach Phillip said, it's only the second time the Bees come home. And as I had kind of spoken about, Last year, Judson, it was the first time the Bees had ever played Judson. It was Judson's first year of having competitive football. And 
you know, it was played in the mud pit last year. It had stormed the night before during a high school game. Judson shares a grass field with one of the local high schools, so the field was all beat up, and it was a sloppy game. Um, There was no dancing around that. A lot of unforced turnovers that the Bees made on themselves, so I expect a big turnaround from last year to this year in that matchup, and that's all I have for this week's episode of Schistel Speaks Sports. So, like I said, that's going to do it for Schistel Speaks Sports here on KALA HD 2 106.1. I'm Ryan Schistel. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in both tonight and so far this year. The sport has been fantastic. Um, don't forget to tune in this Saturday for the football game between Judson and St. Ambrose. Coverage on KALA starts shortly before 1 o'clock p.m., and that's football this Saturday. Uh, I will be on the call from Brady Street Stadium. I believe it will only be me, maybe one more guy. Still waiting to hear back from him for sure. But for now, this is this is Schistel Speak Sports on KLA HD2 106.1. Have a great rest of your week, sports fans. I'll be back next week. I'm Ryan Schistel. Go Bees! You are listening to St. Ambrose University Sports on KALA HD2 106.1 FM. Seventeen.